episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Today's topic, family rules. What are your most important family rules? And then later, What were your family rules growing up, unspoken or not, that have affected how you move through the world today? I thought of this topic because I have little kids and I'm a type one on the Enneagram. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, it's a personality typing system. Type ones, like me, prefer structure and we think in terms of right and wrong. So anyway, I'm a type one. And I have little kids. They're seven and nine. Naturally, we have a lot of rules in our house. I don't think we have a strict or an uptight home. I really don't. But families have rules. When you live with people, there's got to be some kind of order. We have rules around bedtime and screen time, who feeds the dog. Of course, we have rules about how we treat one another. I'm curious as you listen to this topic, what the word rules does to your brain. When you saw the title of this episode, were you excited? Because rules are good. Rules mean security. Rules help us know what to do. Or did you groan? Rules are such a buzzkill. Plus they're boring. Why are we talking about rules? I think how you feel about rules in general, it's interesting. Do you fancy yourself a rebel or a rule follower? How did this play into your childhood when rules were imposed upon you? And how does this play into your adulthood when you get to make the rules? Just a few things to think about on this topic this week. So I'm going to start in the most literal sense and talk about our family rules. We are actually kind of a family of rule followers. Even my husband, Jeff, who has made a living making art that purposely breaks all rules, At home and in our family life, we all crave structure. Our two most important rules, which I repeat constantly and which I incessantly ask my children to parrot back to me because I am that type of mom. What are our two most important family rules? Be kind and tell the truth. Be kind and tell the truth. All the other rules around behavior and fairness and respect They all seem to come back to these two things. So they've become, for nearly 10 years now, they've really been our family's most outspoken values. Be kind and tell the truth. My kids are still young enough in the first and third grade that we haven't really gotten into the nuance yet of those rules. How Sometimes it's kind not to tell the truth, like white lies, if you will. Anyway, I find that those nuances are less and less important, and actually they even come up less and less frequently than one might think. From the lightest to the deepest moral inquiry, it is hard to go wrong with be kind and tell the truth. I have high hopes for how this will play out in the teenage years. We shall see. 
Another thing that I do harp on quite a bit in our family, like very, very regularly, is safety. I'm a mom. Safety is important. Since my children were toddlers, I have reminded them literally almost daily, I am a repetitive mom. You've got to believe me on this. There are two things that we have to be the most careful around. What are we most careful around? Cars and water. Cars and water. That's right. I have no actual scientific backing for this, but in terms of something that we're around every day that has the potential to be dangerous, cars and water top that list. I want them to be extra aware of being around cars, in parking lots with their seat belts, even in the driveway. I preach about the dangers of distracted driving that is killing people all over our nation right now. Please, please, please don't text and drive, you guys. It's so dangerous. And I hope that That seeps in with my kids, especially as they get older and have to make decisions around driving or getting in the car with other drivers. The water rule, being extra careful around water, is just common sense, but because we have a pool and we spend a lot of our summers on the lake, teaching water safety is paramount in our family. Both the car and the water safety, I don't want to teach the kids to be fearful all the time, but just an awareness of their surroundings when they're in situations with heightened dangers. All this is pretty normal parenting stuff, you know? Specifically focusing on cars and water, it's a gamble that learning to be careful there will spill out into other areas without me yelling at them to be careful all the time about everything, because everything is scary and dangerous to a mom which I think is how a lot of parents feel, myself included, but I don't want the kids to be scared of everything or desensitized to true dangers. So those are some of our boots on the ground, actual family rules. Obviously there are others. Those are the biggies, the ones that my kids will tell you are the most important if you ask them, as you heard them, tell the truth and be kind. And we are most careful around cars and water. But I do wonder what rules Jeff and I are imposing that are more indirect. What rules are we not saying that the kids are picking up on in a way that they might carry through the rest of their life? I wonder this because, of course, I carry some from my own childhood. They were never framed as rules, not plainly like I did a few minutes ago about cars and water, but more like, this is the way to be. Some of these family rules, especially the indirect ones, They're always tied to a family's identity, like implicitly saying, this is who we are. We are a family who is never late, or we are the type of family who goes big for the holidays, those type of things. Family rules that affect behavior might be a good family goes to church together every week, or Like in my family of origin, I grew up with football being an expression of who we are. We are a family who cares about college football. We plan our life around it. My wedding was planned around the college football schedule. And don't laugh because even though that's silly on the surface, it's not all entirely about the game, right? It's also an expression of community and state and school pride, It's a fun thing to rally around. It's also saying that we care about competition. In my family of origin, we care about football. There are other identities that come from the rules I learned in childhood that I still carry with me today. I'm not sure I would have connected some of these dots without going to therapy, 
But a huge rule I got growing up was do not inconvenience anyone. My parents, my siblings, and myself, we are all big, big, big do-it-yourselfers. You do not ask for help or call in a favor or, God forbid, make someone else wait. This is just horrifying. Now, this doesn't extend to hiring people for help or things like that. It was more like, do not ever have someone go out of their way for you, ever. Ever. We were expected to start putting on our shoes in the car long before we pulled up somewhere so that we would be ready to immediately jump out when the car was parked. And then later, when we're leaving that parking space, throw it in reverse as fast as possible because someone else is waiting for that spot. Never make someone wait for you to put your shoes on. Never make someone wait for you when it's their turn. Now, I can see that this is just a courtesy, right? Of course, you shouldn't be late and make people wait. It's annoying when people get in their car and sit and text and is totally oblivious that there's someone waiting for their spot. But sometimes that courtesy would blur into other people being more important than you are. Other people's turn being more important than your turn. Rule follower that I am, I have often gotten this courtesy twisted. Remember the first time I was in a parking space with a friend, she was driving and she started reapplying her lipstick, whatever. I could see that there was a car behind us with their blinker on, hoping to pull into the spot and kind of stressed me out. I nervously said something like, we should go. This person is waiting for the space. And my friend looked at me like I was crazy and was all, this is our space. We are parked here. We will leave when we're ready. I was absolutely astonished by this train of thought. We can leave when we're ready. We don't owe a stranger our parking space. Even as I say this, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. How dare we take our time at something when there's an option to hurry? I would never want to go too far the other way. If we all stopped taking turns, merging into one lane, there would be a traffic jam or a pileup. Certain aspects of our culture are predicated on common courtesy. But anything can be taken too far to our detriment, and somehow I took our original family rule of never inconvenience others to absolutely inconveniencing myself so as not to inconvenience others. And years of that makes you feel like that you don't count, like your voice isn't and shouldn't be heard. So now I can't help but wonder what family rules my kids are inheriting beyond be kind and tell the truth. I've been trying to step back and look at it a little bit objectively. One of the things I realized we might be teaching them inadvertently is that the best art is R-rated. Jeff and I talked back in episode eight about how our kids aren't allowed to see the movies and TV shows that he makes, which they're fine with now, but I wonder if in the future it will only make them want to see it more and think that that is the best stuff. Sometimes they listen to rock and roll, rap songs that have naughty words, and they know they have naughty words. So by making all of that art kind of taboo, are we indirectly teaching them that the most fun stuff the stuff their parents make and enjoy, is all R-rated? I don't know. I'm not really sure where I land on this. It's just something to think about. I doubt that I could even predict 
the rules, good or bad, that we're subconsciously teaching our kids. I don't think anyone can be fully self-aware enough to know exactly what they're imparting on their children. But what I do know is the overt rules that we have around kindness and truth-telling. And what I have been exploring is the family messages I got growing up. Two more stories about family rules. When I was little, I went to a amusement park with a friend's family, Six Flags in Texas. We went, and I was probably 10 years old, I think. And what I did not know, even though I had been to Six Flags several times, what I did not know is that this family's rule was everyone rides roller coasters. Truly, that was their family rule. Everyone has to at least try. And I had never been on a roller coaster, and I was terrified of roller coasters, and I definitely did not want my first time to be with this strange, adventurous family. (laughs) But I did it because they wouldn't let me not do it, and I was really considering pitching a fit, but that wasn't going to look so great on 10-year-old self. So I held it together. It was so scary for me, and I did it. And it was awesome. Now, I'm not here to debate whether or not a family should make their guest, who is very young and very scared, do this big scary thing. I don't think I would do that. I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't do that if I had someone with me. I wouldn't put them on a roller coaster, but they did it. It was a different time. And I was actually the better for it. And in that story... It's an example of having to go along with someone else's family rules, and it opened up a new experience for me. Another example of seeing someone else's family rules was recently author and speaker Glennon Doyle posted on her Facebook page a picture of a little basket full of like a dozen cell phones, and she said in the post... I love my kids' friends so much that I want them to talk to each other at our house. So Abby and I have them check their phones at the door, which we can do because we're the bosses of this house. And as you can imagine, because this is Facebook, this is the internet, this got a million responses, positive and negative, one cheering her on for having kids not be on their phones at her house. And two, really critiquing her for taking kids' phones that really didn't belong to her, really wasn't her place. I'm not getting into a whole debate about that. However, it's still an example of another family's rules, how it impacts others, what do we do when we have to go by someone else's rules, and just how different families are doing their rules, what their values are. It's just more to think about, more that came to my mind as I was journaling out lots of feelings on this topic. I suspect this topic will bring all sorts of emotions to the surface, hopefully joyful ones alongside any painful ones. A really great family rule from growing up that I will always carry with me is that everyone carries their weight. Everyone helps. It actually goes hand in hand with don't inconvenience others, but instead make yourself useful. Everyone does their part. 
Everyone helps stack chairs and carry groceries. Sometimes the work is boring and grubby and you do it anyway. This has served me well throughout my life and to this very minute, it is a way that my family shows love. My parents keep kids and help us move and organize garages and cook and load the car and they do all of that stuff just to be doing This past December, my parents were out visiting when my Christmas cards arrived in the mail, like 300 plus cards that I needed to stamp and stuff. My plan, what I've done in the past, is I put a movie on, I put Netflix on after the kids are in bed, and I just sit there and I do it, this task. But while I was putting the kids down, they set up a whole assembly line, unasked, they just did it, and I came down and the three of us just stamped and stuffed all my holiday cards in about an hour. Then my mom alphabetized them so I could double-check them off my list. Now, this is not a thing they gave any thought to. This is just how they do things. But I've lived so far away from them for so long that I do not take these small kindnesses for granted. They are acts of love, even if they don't say it like that. To them, the rule is everyone helps. You know, they saw cards that needed to be stamped and stuffed, so they set up a way to do that quickly. We all did it together. But I see it for what it is. I know that that is love. So for this topic, this one would be really interesting to share with trusted friends. To start with where we did with the most literal family rules. Do you wear shoes in the house? Who has a curfew? That sort of thing. Then move into what were the rules from your childhood that you remember most? Literal rules or underlying rules? And then I do think if you're a parent, it is a good exercise to try and think about what unspoken rules you're giving to your kids. Both the good, the not great, just think about it. It could be a date night conversation with your partner. If this is the type of thing you're willing to post about on social media, I would love to hear about it. Make sure you tag the show at 10 Things to Tell You and use the hashtag 10 Things to Tell You. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.